Justin gave three portraits of different people who come to know Jesus. And I'm not actually going to start from there. I'm going to start from a different point. I'm going to go back to um, 16, 6 through 10. That bird is awesome. Um, I'm going to do 16, 6 through 10. And what I want to do is take a moment and think about not just our expectations in terms of church, but also our expectations in terms of what does it mean to experience calling, okay? Calling. What is, what is calling about? Because uh, Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke experience calling here, and they, there's all kinds of Christian expectations around that. And so let me examine first one expectation that we experience when it comes to calling, and that is like that calling, and I'll just define calling as this sense of what God is supposed to, what you're supposed to do with your life, okay? The sense of what God wants you to do with your life. Um, and then um, along with calling, I want to talk about the gospel. What is the gospel? We'll just define it as the good news of Jesus. And a lot of times our expectation about calling is that it's kind of like Moses on Mount Sinai and the Ten Commandments just drop down out of the sky and give us clear direction about who we're supposed to marry, where we're supposed to live, what we're supposed to do, what our job's going to be, how many bedrooms is our house, how many square feet, all of that in stark clarity, and it's going to be unchanging. And then it's also combined with some Damascus Road experience too, where um, at some point the scales fall from our eyes as well, and instantly everything's going to be clear about what we're supposed to do with our lives. Okay, but then you look at what's happening in chapter 16, 6 through 10. And there's kind of three things that are happening. Like calling seems to work best when you're in motion, number one. Number two, it drives towards a point of need. And then number three, that it's discerned in community. Okay, discerned in community. So you look in the very beginning when Paul receives, I'm sorry, when Paul and Silas are, are going through, they're, they're on the move. It says in verse 6, they're forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, as Justin talked about. And then they try to go up to Mysia and attempt to go to Bithynia. I don't know where these places are. Um, but the Spirit of Jesus does not allow them to go either. And you think the first, the first thing that's got to come to you is that it's got to be easier. I mean, when you have point A and point B, the fastest way to get there is in a straight line. And yet that's not how God instructs Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke he actually has them bump up against two other places before he tells them where to go. And so could I propose, could I propose that one of the first things that God loves to do is he doesn't think the straight line is the most efficient way. That God wants to work with us while we're in motion. There's something about calling that works best when we're in motion. Something about calling that it's easiest to steer a moving ship. And he wants this ship to be moving and to be able to bump into other things and then discover what it is. And so today, you know, as Justin explained about expectations, if you feel paralyzed by these past couple of years, if you don't know what to do, do something, okay? You can do something. And in the, in the, in the, in the history of scripture, in the history of salvation history, there's not necessarily, especially in this case, something wrong you're going to do because God will show you as you go out and find people, okay? Because that's what Paul, Silas, and Timothy were doing. They were just finding people. They were looking for people to preach the gospel to, and then the Spirit made it clear where they were, weren't supposed to go in order to get them to where they were supposed to go. So start by going anywhere, by finding anyone, because you never know what God might do. That's the first thing. 
The second is you'll notice Paul receives the vision. And we, it's easy to always talk about the vision. And so the calling that you receive is always going to drive towards a point of need. It's always going to drive to a need. And so in the three portraits that Justin portrayed that, that are here um, in the rest of chapter 16, each of these people have a need. In fact, the slave girl is the one following Paul, Silas, and Timothy around. Okay, so once you start moving around and doing things, people will find you, and you will be driven to that point of need. And I'd also note that in this vision of the man from Macedonia, he doesn't actually say, hey, come and preach the gospel to me. He didn't say that. All he says is, help us, help us. And then Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke decide that means we're supposed to preach the gospel. How did, they, how did I reach that conclusion? Because the gospel meets need. The gospel speaks to need. Wherever Christians go all over the world, hospitals are built, schools are built, people's lives are changed. It's all in the context of preaching the gospel because the gospel meets the deepest need and it speaks to every human need, whether that's food, whether that's shelter, whether that's mental health, the gospel is help. Okay, the gospel's help, and our calling drives toward need. So if you're wondering what kind of people do you find, find people in need. It's that simple. Find people in need. That's what Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke were doing in this book of Acts. They were finding people in need, and they were preaching the gospel, and they deliver this slave girl out of oppression, and they deliver the jailer out of oppression, and they deliver Lydia out of this intellectual oppression that she experiences because they were meeting needs in the context of preaching the gospel. Now, where is the last thing happening? Verse 10, it says, And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on, and we is because it also includes Luke, the author of Acts. We sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Okay, so the first verb that I want to bring your attention to is it says, well, we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding. There is a conclusion. God gave you a mind, okay? He gave you a way to think. And in order to understand calling, it's not always going to be tablets falling out of the sky or scales falling from your eyes. You have to conclude. You have to draw a conclusion. And it wasn't just Paul that was drawing this conclusion. This conclusion, this discernment, this decision was, came together in community because it wasn't just Paul. It was also Silas, Timothy, and Luke, there was a discernment about calling. About two and a half years ago, um, as Justin was preaching a sermon, maybe it was a little more than that, Justin was preaching from the book of Daniel. And I remember him um, making a call to the congregation about taking risks. And I remember just thinking, I love that he's preaching that. It's so great. Everyone else is hearing it. Everyone else needs to hear this, uh, this message about taking a risk. Um, and then the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about the risk that he, that God wanted me to take, that he wanted me to take. And I began to think about, um, planting a church. Um, but I needed help with that discernment process. And I came to Justin and the elders of Garden City Church. <laughs> he was turned towards me though. Um, I turned to, I turned to the elders of Garden City Church and began a discernment process is this the calling of God to start up this new church called Quicksilver? 
And through that discernment process, and I'm so grateful for that discernment process community because they, they gave me some encouragements. They also gave me some warnings, right? And I, and I received both of them. But out of that discernment process came the calling of God to address a need among a people in, in South San Jose, I guess working class South San Jose is that we've got <laughs> in South San Jose, um, people that um, desire dialogue and want to ask questions. That was the calling that I received, and it was discerned in community. So how does that give us a picture of what calling looks like today? Well, calling and the gospel are consistent in character, yet diverse in form. Okay, consistent in character, yet diverse in form. So what we see here is you have all these, um, no matter what the calling was in terms of the gospel, it's striving towards a need. The gospel is dynamic, and then it's all, the gospel is proclaimed and received within community. And so we have two different churches today who are reaching different groups of people, and yet we are consistent in character, though different in form, whether it's a, a stadium that we're in, whether it's a school, whether it's a park, whether it's a church building. We are on mission to declare the gospel that changes lives, that meets the deepest of needs. And as we do so in motion, God will bless it and he will transform us. So my, my prayer today is that you would encounter the gospel in its richness and be changed and transformed and recognize that your expectations about calling, let them be blown apart because God has a diverse way of calling us just as we are united as a diverse people. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the example of Lydia and the slave girl who's unnamed and the jailer whose entire household receives you. Thank you that we can go on mission with you, that calling and the gospel operate in motion. They are dynamic. And then as we move around and bump up against the contours of your spirit, that you will lead and guide us and drive us towards those who have need, to those who need the preaching of the gospel because the gospel speaks to every human need. And Lord, would you operate in discernment within community so that we would recognize that the diversity in calling represents diversity in the people of God. So thank you for those diverse expressions, whether Los Gatos or Saratoga or South San Jose. We pray that your gospel will be declared and disciples will be made. In Jesus' name, amen.